beautiful woman, are you ready to come home? Are you ready to walk the path home to yourself, to your truth, to the earth, to the mother? Are you ready to walk that path home, guided by the map that is etched within your bones? Attuning your eyes so that you can see the blueprint embedded within you, guiding your every step. And hint, that blueprint is cyclical, moving slowly, slowly, even slower. To breathe in the scent of the fertile soil that you are now walking upon, enriched by the decay of the old and gestating the seeds of what you carefully are planting. Are you ready to walk the womb path home? Beautiful woman, I have just opened spaces for my brand new mentorship container. And if you are ready to immerse yourself, to reorient yourself and enrich your life so that your feminine soul finally feels satiated, I would love to walk with you within the womb path mentorship. This is a three month immersion into womb wisdom, gently and lovingly deepening your roots into the earth, moving with the ebb and flow of the moon and your womb, remembering the sanctity of your blood and your holy female body. You'll learn to deepen your relationship with your own cycle and cyclical rhythm, not only on a physical level, but as a tool and a blueprint that is ever guiding you in creating a life of authentic alignment and radical truth and desire. This is my most intimate one-on-one -on -one work. We truly dive deep, unraveling the kinks and the, the binding threads of fear and patriarchal conditioning and generational patterning we go slow here we always come up for air when you are walking the womb path you are anchoring into your truth and your power that lives and and yes it is very much alive i assure you within your depths your deep pelvis the source of all life of living power whether you have a physical womb or not. And I would say that you simply being here, listening to this episode or any Weaving the Wild episode is an indication that you are ready and that you're actually already walking. And here's the thing, walking the womb path home to yourself, to your own sovereignty and a life of integrity also means you are automatically walking that same path home to the earth, to the waters, to the wise and well ancestors who have been waiting for you. It's walking yourself home to life. Walking the womb path is a homecoming, a spiralic, ever-evolving, ever-unfurling homecoming. It's a womb coming. And are you ready to dive deeper into that? Are you ready to commit yourself, to devote yourself to yourself, to your path, to remembering, to extending your roots and coming home to the life that you are meant to be here to lead. I will walk it with you within my one-on-one -on -one womb path mentorship. There are a few very limited spaces and this is your chance to commit and spend the remainder of this year of 2023 journeying from the equinox to the solstice, creating real change, descending and ascending along the, the, the feminine continuum, walking the womb path. If your heart is pounding, if you feel yourself leaning forward and your ears pricking up, I invite you to head to the show notes and apply via the link that you'll find right at the top there. Or just reach out if you would like to chat. I cannot wait to walk these sacred realms with you. And now, on with the show. Welcome, beautiful soul, to the Weaving the Wild podcast. 
In this space, we are reclaiming and remembering the wildish wisdom and knowledge that lies deep within our bones and reconnecting to those parts of ourselves that are both ancient and familiar. We talk about it all, awakening our collective wildness and dropping back into our bodies, honoring our cyclical rhythms, connecting to our roots, embracing our intuitive nature and living embodied within the feminine. I'm Rachel Hodgins, and I'm honored to be walking this path beside you. Let's dive in. Hello, beautiful people. A new month. A new month is here. Well, technically, we're kind of already a week in, but <laughs> I'm, I'm easing back into this podcasting thing in case you haven't gathered. But it's September. How can this be? (laughs) How are we literally in the ninth month of 2023? Spring is sprung where I live here in the Southern Hemisphere in Australia. The beautiful grandmother elm in my garden is flowering. It looks like leaves, but they're actually, it kind of is a bit deceiving because she comes out and it looks like she's sprouting yeah, her leaves, but they're actually these beautiful little seeds that eventually she will disperse and they'll blow through the air and they look like clouds, essentially, way up in in the the caught in the wind and the breeze above us, but they're little papery little little seed pods and they're amazing. So the grandmother elm is flowering. The, the seeds are starting to sprout for our our spring and summer veggie garden. The days are kind of getting warmer. There's still frosts and everything, but spring is here. You can feel it. Everyone knows it. Everything knows it. So there's there's a shifting energy and movement and momentum. It's kind of got that air element kind of quality of fresh starts and new beginnings, you know, things being instigated and initiated. Early spring always kind of brings out this ancestral memory for me of what I would kind of call spring preparation. Things haven't like fully kicked into gear, obviously. Like again, like life hasn't drastically sped up or filled up yet. Like it it is in, in, you know, the peak of summer, but the, the energy is present and it's rising. And so it's the time, it's like this window of time to prepare for the season of growth ahead. And for most of our ancestors, you know, this would have looked like prepping the soil, you know, the tools if they haven't over winter, getting the first seeds in the ground. But there would also have kind of been this this opportunity to get thy house in order, you know? Like imagine, imagine a winter spent with the windows closed, you know, against all of the elements and an open wood fire to cook on like imagine the soot imagine the air quality you know months on end just indoors for mo- for the most part imagine like the stuffiness and the dankness can you imagine the feeling of that first real spring day when it's warm and clear enough to actually throw open the windows and the doors like to sweep everything outside to dust off the cobwebs and, you know, feel fresh energy and life flood inside again, you know. That's what I feel. Like that innate kind of memory stirring in my bones. It's this innate desire to clear out the old stagnant sediment that's kind of accumulated over winter on multiple levels, you know, and just get going. So my mind naturally starts to kind of just get busy from like late July, early August, that kind of in bulk sort of period onwards, I start thinking about seeds and what I'm going to grow this year in our garden. I start thinking about reordering and kind of reorganizing the house, decluttering, simplifying, making room, you know, fresh starts, creating what feels like a fresh canvas. So that's the energy that I've been in, <laughs> like especially post Trove. After launching the Wild Woman Trove, 
I've, I've really felt called to ground down, to slow down and savor this sort of shifting and growing energy that's really circulating around me. And of course, this is very much tailored to Virgo energy and Virgo season, which I'm going to touch on in just a moment. And also like I've, I've got to put a little caveat here. I had to slow down with that Pisces full moon. Uh, I don't know if anyone else experienced this. I reckon you did. I think this, I, I said I said it, the Pisces full moon is felt. <laughs> I think I'm yet to meet someone actually who who wasn't in some way flawed by, by that last full moon, super full moon, blue moon in Pisces at the end of August. Um, and for me, you know, it was a really, it was beautiful, but it also really, really, really required me to just really let go and be in the Pisces waters that full moon and so I felt myself really slowing down and it took me a bit to kind of re-emerge I want to say um but here we are here we are and we're into September now truly into the momentum of Virgo season as well and and in relation to this shift into Virgo I also I want to speak to my northern hemisphere friends as well because you might have been listening to all of this and just thinking okay that's lovely all of this spring energy that you're feeling rach but i'm going into autumn it's not the time for me to plant new seeds in your you know like life beginning right so true you know very true different energy but the energy of this time and of virgo season deeply weaves within both of these energies of of spring and autumn and i want to talk about that a little bit so spring and autumn are transitional seasons. They're times of moving momentum, right? They carry us to either the peak energy, the high ascent of summer, or they're carrying us to the depth of winter. So I often kind of will will think of winter and summer as holding energies. They're sort of not moving either way. They are the fullness of the energy, whether that's, you know, the energy of winter and rest and stillness or that kind of rich life, rampant, abundant sort of energy of of summer, right? And spring and autumn are these seasons in between which are full of movement and action. These are not passive months. Both spring and autumn require us to be in action, to be in motion. So yes, spring is a time of rising energy, life starts to stir, the sap begins to rise and we feel the inspiration to start doing the things, right? To venture outside again, to connect with the world after that kind of quietness of winter and that real kind of being in in the void in our internal world and landscape, you know, we're we're ready to plant seeds, real and metaphoric, and, and begin to take action to nurture them and grow them. I also feel like autumn requires a lot of action. In fact, I think autumn is the most action-oriented season. I really do. There is so much to do within autumn. It's it's the season of harvest, right? So before the darkness really settles in and winter starts to envelop the landscape, there is so much to do. There's the last of the summer growth to harvest. Again, I'm speaking literally and metaphorically here. And it's this busy time of like taking stock, harvesting and preparing for the winter. You know, do I have what I need to survive those dormant months? Do I have what I need so that I can rest and replenish? You know, in in the same way, like mirroring and reflecting the earth herself during these seasons. And this is where Virgo comes in. So as I record this, we're now in Virgo season. The sun is sitting in the sign of Virgo and we've been here for a couple of weeks already. Maybe you've felt it. Virgo is detail oriented. She comes to bring order and structure. Her energy is this sort of purification process where we clear the clutter and the mess and we bring order to the chaos again. Virgo loves organized systems because they allow things to flow with ease and her specialty is in daily routines. Virgo rules the sixth house so she governs our daily habits particularly in relationship to our health and our well-being and 
I also kind of like to say our work, not necessarily in, in the sense of like our grand calling and our, our soul work, quote unquote, but in our work, our daily work, how we show up daily and do our work. So there's the medicine of consistency, of commitment, to be disciplined in what we know is good for us and what serves us. But in the case of Virgo, I I really love to use the word devotion as well, because Virgo has this kind of depth and richness to her energy. She's not just the neurotic perfectionist, right? (laughs) Like she can sometimes be kind of brushed off or joked about or complained about. Virgo is represented by the virgin goddess, and virgin in this sense meaning sovereign. She is the goddess beholden to no one. She's free and autonomous. And so this can get a little Confucius <laughs> when, we, when we also hear that Virgo is all about service, right? The, the, the mantra for Virgo is I serve. Virgo is all about healing as well and serving. So that can get confusing. Like how can the sovereign goddess beholden to no one teach us about being of service to others? I want you to just sit with that for a moment before I go on, because you're an intelligent woman, right? And this wisdom already lives within you. How can the sovereign goddess beholden to no one but her own divine self, what can she teach us about service and being of service to the world? Let's look a little closer because Virgo is all about the details, right? So Virgo teaches us the importance of order and structure in our lives and prioritizing daily habits and routines that support our health and well-being in particular. So Virgo knows the importance of tending to your vessel. She lives embodied in a truth that can feel really sticky for a lot of us, and that is tending to herself first and foremost and seeing herself as truly sovereign, that her essence, her being, always comes first, always, not in a a, a fuck you sort of way and not in like a a self-absorbed way, but in a really simple way, in a way that understands the value of living centered and rooted within oneself. When we live truly and fully embodied in this way, we nourish ourselves. We see that we are nourished. We tend to our lives in a way that really ensures that anything that's unserving is is going to be pruned and removed. And we naturally just fill and feed ourselves with everything that we need to thrive on a physical, emotional, mental, and soul level. And when we live and we tend to ourselves in this way, like rooted in ourselves, clear on our needs and seeing that they're met, we naturally overflow from our own inner source, our inner reserves are so full that they're overbrimming. We have ample energy and passion and love to give freely, not because we have to, but because we're overflowing with it, right? We can't not give it, it's, it's coming forth within us. And that's what Virgo teaches us. She gives because she wants to, she serves because she can, and she sends her divine energy with clarity and intention. She feeds the world and all that she loves because she herself is well-fed. And I'm talking about that literally and on every other level, right? How are you feeding yourself? Now, bringing this back to kind of what's been coming up these last couple of weeks, how have you been feeling, right? Like how have you been feeling the urge to get your shit together <laughs> for want of a better better term? Have you been feeling the, the kind of urge to declutter, to get organized, you know, maybe to clarify certain areas in your life or streamline things, your business, your schedule, your life in general, 
maybe you've been feeling the impetus to kind of you know create some really solid habits again especially around your physical health and your well-being you know starting back at the gym or committing to daily movement maybe there's a bit of a diet reset that's on your mind you know maybe it's getting some structure in your life around your sleep or your use of technology you know like the the new year resolution kind of energy where it's you know it's all those things like i'm going to drink more water i'm going to work out i'm going to meditate daily it's is all those really tangible things that we we say we're going to commit to that we know are good for us that's very virgo-esque right? The key here is to actually do them (laughs) and to establish boundaries where we need them, boundaries within ourselves. And, and, you know, we can kind of maybe clench up with the word boundaries because it sounds very like tight and constrictive and maybe a bit masculine. Um, But this is Virgo's medicine, right? She is the medicine of boundaries, of creating banks for the river of energy to flow so virgo is asking us you know to establish some boundaries where they are needed and to practice discipline and consistency in in following through with what it is that we know is good for us so that it's not just written on paper right we're actually holding ourselves accountable we're moving through resistance because we are in devotion to the vision and to what we know will see us thrive So this is the thing where it's like, you know, making that conscious choice in the moment of I'm not just going to scroll Instagram. I'm going to go get the lead and take the dog for a walk like I I said I would, you know, each day. Or I'm not just going to reach for the takeout menu. I'm going to actually feed myself good food that I know my body deserves. Or, you know, even extra Virgo points if you've actually meal prepped as well so that you're like extra prepared for the days that you don't feel like cooking, you know. Um, Or maybe it's something like, you know, I'm not just going to hit snooze. I'm going to get up, put my headphones in and do that 10 minute meditation because that is how I want to start my day. That is how the ideal, like highest version of me, that's how she starts her day. And I know if I want to move closer to embodying her, All I need to do is do the things that she does, right? So Virgo teaches us that the small details, the small things that we do and actually show up for each day are what actually create our life. That's who we actually are, right? So how are you showing up? Are you letting these moments, these choices slip by? Are you putting your head in the sand? while just wishing for the things that you say you want? You know, are you dreaming up that vision of your dream life without actually working on becoming a welcoming and sturdy vessel for those desires? So back to how Virgo kind of ties into spring and autumn energy. I think September sweeps in with this beautiful energy that's flavored by Virgo, but also the season that you are experiencing. So both spring and autumn alongside Virgo are offering the opportunity for you to hit reset. And, you know, there's an invitation here to come back to basics, to really ground into your foundations once more before continuing on, you know, before you kind of march forth to the next thing, just to pause. If you're like me and, and starting to venture into spring, That energy is sort of asking you to think about what is it that I want? What am I intending to grow this season? What do I want to cultivate? And then Virgo asks, and what do you need to do to cultivate that? Virgo, you know, can take the big picture and then helps us to break it down into small steps, like bite-sized pieces that can be very easily chewed and, and ticked off, you know, so that you actually do begin and you follow through. She takes the overwhelm out by like making it not just like this big kind of intangible vision and into something that's very tangible and doable. Virgo is also sort of showing how to create really solid foundations and routines and like I want to say a sense of rhythm in your life once again so that you can be consistently tending to your well-being and your own needs. Again, so that you can effectively and actually kind of 
easefully work towards your vision and desires, you know, ground into those things that are going to support you in not just kind of creating, but sustaining what you desire. Make those things non-negotiable. And if you're in the Northern Hemisphere and you're sort of feeling the shift into autumn right now, this energy is sort of the coming down to earth sort of energy. You've been through the peak of summer now. You've embodied and been surrounded by earth's literal abundance. And now you're you're maybe starting to feel that energy starting to slow down. Not necessarily ground to a halt. You know, you're not in the, the... the midst of winter yet but all of that heightened energy is starting to settle now and there's a slowness in the air as that descent begins and this offers the perfect opportunity to just look around at your life and get things in order once more maybe things have slipped a little bit during summer maybe the routines fell away a little bit while you sort of reveled in the social and then the pleasure filled long summer days or maybe they slipped while you got so wrapped up in the busyness of the season whatever the case autumn really offers the chance to pause and plant your feet and to take stock where in your life do you see the need for some order and some organization again where have those strings sort of loosened and where do you maybe need to pull up the slack How can structure and routine support you moving forward now? What needs pruning and clearing after all of that ample growth of summer? Virgo offers the energy of refinement. It's lovely that you had such a beautiful summer, she says. Now, let's pick up all these toys so that we can see the floor again, shall we? It's sort of like if you felt like your energy is sort of flailing about and being up in the air and and lacking direction, now is the time to harness Virgo's wisdom and autumn's guidance to really clear and refine and start to focus on those most basic things again, bringing structure and routine in truly the most simple things and letting that energy ground you once more. Now, There's a lot happening astrologically as well in September. I can't go into everything, of course, but I wanted to highlight a couple of things. First, Venus has gone direct again just a couple of days ago as I record this, and Mercury will join her as well, stationing direct out of retrograde, kind of around the middle of the month. So (laughs) there's much to say about these retrogrades and much has been said. Um, these are both personal planets, both sort of Venus and Mercury, meaning they're our inner planets and they inform more immediate areas of our lives. So the outer planets are sort of larger themes and cycles in our lives, whereas the inner planets are personal to our day-to-day experience. Venus, for example, governs our relationships, romance, as well as finances, abundance, and our self-worth, things like that. Mercury is our communication, our thought processes, how we think and process information that informs how and what we communicate to the world, right? Mercury also governs things like our technology. So we're experiencing these things in our everyday experience right they're they're felt very immediately for us and as these planets both mercury and venus station direct again you'll find that the energy in your everyday life also starts to move too now there are still going to be six planets retrograding throughout september seven if you you know count mercury for the first half of the month so we'll have jupiter who has recently joined Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, and the asteroid Chiron, all retrograding throughout, like through September and into the following months. And Mercury will be there with them up until the 14th, 15th, I think. So there's still a lot of pull inwards this month, a lot of reflection being asked of you. Basically, the way I'd put it is, Use this time with Virgo's guidance to really focus on the small actions that you can take with the intention of just really sort of quietly laying the foundations before any big leaps or movement is going to occur, right? So tend to your daily routine, your your daily rituals, tend to yourself while 
you are kind of continuing to do the inner work and reflection that these sort of outer retrograding planets are asking of you. Reflect in order to align, you know, to come further into alignment. Jupiter asks us to look at our relationship with, you know, our innate abundance and worth, our faith and our trust, maybe even our relationship to overindulgence, for example, during this time of retrograde in the sign of Taurus. Saturn is our traditions, our responsibilities, our structure, our discipline. Pluto is our power and, you know, death and rebirth. So that there are all of these themes at work at the moment and they are unraveling in your inner world. This is about you and your relationship, you know, to these energies, how you use these energies, how you navigate and embody them. How do you see and relate to these energies within your life so retrogrades make it seem like you know they, they they seemingly stop a planet's energy from effectively functioning outward within your life it all seems to draw to a halt so that you have the actual opportunity to look at it you know so that you don't just keep on keeping on you really have a time to reflect and see how it is that you are engaging with this energy. For example, you know, your relationships, if it is Venus, look at what's coming up. Look at how you've been responding. You know, reflect on why. Reflect on whether this is aligned with where you want to be. Venus retrograde often brings up old or past relationships and they, it offers that opportunity for you to witness what still kind of lives and is alive within you from that relationship. What are you bringing to your current relationships and your current experiences in relationships from that past previous lover or relationship right and it offers you the opportunity to to reflect to see that and to close that to close that loop so that as you move forward now once the energy does shift direct again you're not bringing that old pattern that old energy that old story or you know narrative with you you're approaching relationships as just a general general theme in more alignment, you know, untethered and sort of or untangled, detangled from past stories. So retrogrades are really a time to just reflect and look at how you're relating to an energy in your life. And then to use that clarity that comes by the end of each retrograde to be able to move forward in more alignment you know, with a clearer attunement to the energy that that planet's actually representing, right? So I just wanted to touch on that. And in particular, because we're still in Mercury retrograde, as I record this, Mercury is retrograding in the sign of Virgo. And Mercury is actually Virgo's ruling planet. Interesting. I know, like people might assume that Virgo is, you know, she's an Earth sign, right? So you wouldn't necessarily kind of, Mercury might not be your first guess, you know, (laughs) for Virgo's ruling planet. You know, Mercury is airy mental energy. But remember, like Virgo likes systems and structure and clarity and a lot of her focus and, you know, that, that consistent action that she drives starts in the mind, you know. When she's in her highest expression, Virgo doesn't hold any stories around her worth or her ability or her capacity. She's clear on what she needs, what she desires, and what she's here to do. So she becomes like the the, the clear bridge for divine inspiration to move through her. She doesn't question herself. She doesn't cling or hold. She doesn't try to control. She knows what she you know, has the power to control, which is her own actions, but she has full trust in source, in the universe. And she's in a, like an intimate relationship with with source or the universe. So Virgo, you know, is is how source or your soul or spirit is able to come through and actually start to take material form. Virgo's focus and her willingness, her desire to take really grounded, tangible action is how we actually channel our soul's desire and purpose into form. She ensures that it actually becomes tangible, right? But 
where Virgo slips into her shadow side, it's not really to do with the earth element at all. It's all in the head. <laughs> it's the stories around worth, self-worth and trust slash doubt that we might hold and, and really like the distortions around these that lead us to perfectionism, to fear of failure, um, you know, or fear of like a, a lack of control, that neurotic perfectionist nature of Virgo that you hear so many people talk about. That's really just Virgo when she's been severed from her innate connection to the divine or to source. She's terrified to let go, to let go of control because she doesn't trust that things won't fall apart without her white knuckle grip. She believes that everything has to be absolutely perfect because if she leaves room for error, everything might fall apart or someone might see her oversight or her, her mistake as a weakness or failure. And so she has to prove her worthiness by proving that she is without fault. And so that the control and the perfectionism comes in again. She blocks out the help of and you know support from other people because she only trusts her and her alone to do the job. I mean, there's so much to unpack there. Like Virgo, <laughs> she's a complicated one. There's so much there. Um, but all of this, you know, it starts with stories and conditioning and beliefs that we have accumulated in the mind. It's very much connected to the mental realms of Mercury. So just be open to this, be aware and explore this while Mercury is retrograding in the sign of, of Virgo. And as it does shift direct in the sign of Virgo as well on like the 14th, 15th, the day after the, the Virgo new moon, so much potency, oh my gosh, like lean into this energy. Mercury in Virgo brings mental clarity around like details and action steps. Take that vision or goal or desire and start to begin breaking it down into small steps and then even smaller steps. Make a game plan. Streamline your work and your processes. This is very analytical energy. This is where, you know, you'll want to get into the data and the, the details. Implement systems, you know, categorize your workload, your day, your week, your, your schedule and things like that. Buy yourself like a pretty planner or, you know, color code your digital planner. Virgo thrives off this shit. And I would recommend as well some sort of daily meditation practice. Again, like there's a, a lot of mental energy with Mercury, you know, moving direct and kind of being super at home <laughs> in the sign of Virgo. And it's likely to be, you know, firing off with, with planning and strategizing. Your mind's going to be moving, right? And thinking all the details. So just keep checking in to see if you're in control of your mind, or whether your mind is like steamrolling ahead and just dragging you along for the ride, basically. If you're finding yourself lying in bed, like brrr, like going over like this, this, and this, this, and this, this, and this, and like all the thoughts may be coming, I mean, keep a notebook by your bed, write them down, give that Virgo and, uh, sorry, Mercury and Virgo kind of energy, the peace of mind, knowing that it's at least on paper and we can come back to, but really kind of give your, your mind and yourself the opportunity to clear and ground. Okay, I, I mentioned as well the new moon. So we have a beautiful Virgo new moon on the 14th or 15th, depending on where you are in the world. A really powerful time to just bring all of this together, all this energy that we've been discussing and that you've likely been experiencing and navigating and working through, bringing it to a head and actually just creating meaning for you under the new moon. I, I think this new moon is really inviting us to commit not just say what we want, but actually commit to doing the things. I used, you know, the word devotion earlier. This new moon is when we take the thing we say we really want and we truly commit our heart and souls to showing up and devoting our energy to it every day. Get really clear on what it is you want to cultivate in your life this new moon and use its energy to really break it down into actionable steps that you can begin to take from here on out and remember like the, the, the Virgo new moon you know it, it always has this sort of extra hit of fresh start sort of energy like I, I sort of said earlier especially 
around how we take care of ourselves and our bodies. So this is also a really powerful new moon to focus on your health and well-being. But I really want, like, I want to invite you to approach essentially like the, the energy that you're channeling in your intentions, in the things that you are, like the vision you're committing to and what you are committing, you know, devoting your energy into. Pour it into you, yourself. Really see the path that you are stepping forward onto upon this, this, you know, under this new moon as a pouring of love and energy and devotion into yourself. You are here in this life as your own, yourself, your soul, incarnate, walking and living this experience. You are cultivating your experience here on earth. And yes, there's other people who like, you know, we are, you know, engaged and entangled with in our own lives as well. But do not forget that it's you and yourself first and foremost. And when you choose you, everyone else benefits. When you choose you, when you nourish and tend to yourself, your soul, your health, your well-being, whatever it might be on every level, you are serving the all. You are serving your lover, your, your children, your colleagues, your clients, the, the collective, your community at large. So I just want to really, really like invite you to feel into that energy of like that sovereign goddess and attuned to that energy as you are really feeling into what you're committing to and why you're committing to them under this, this new moon. Then towards the end of the month, two weeks later, we have a fiery full moon in Aries. So by this point, the sun will have moved into Libra and Libra season will have begun my birthday season, FYI. And this Aries full moon on the 29th promises to be a real banger. <laughs> I, I think it's just a given that an Aries full moon holds its own particular intensity but I, I do, I want to highlight this now. I want you to keep this in mind towards the end of the month. Don't let this moon sneak up on you. You will feel it. And you'll almost definitely breathe fire at some point. I tend to find that the Aries full moon is illuminating wherever it is that we're feeling stifled or restricted. And the question that I want you to feel into is, where do I feel frustrated or irritated, for want of a better word? And what is the desire that is feeling thwarted right now? So where are you feeling restrained or interrupted from following or achieving what you really want? Aries will use this full moon to set fire to anything and everything that is drawing you away from your desire and your authentic self. Aries is the fiery warrior of the Zodiac. He rules the first house, the house of the self, and he's the initiator of the entire wheel of the Zodiac. He is where we begin every year. He comes with nothing but fire and passion for his purpose. You know, he, he hasn't gained the experience of, of all the, the rest of the signs yet. He's the initiator, right? He doesn't really know about consequences you know, consequences mean nothing to him. All he knows is what he wants and he will launch himself toward that regardless of who or what stands in his way. Warrior energy. You know, Aries won't back away from confrontation. He'll fight through confrontation. Eyes set on where he intends to go. Now, here's my words of advice. Aries stirs our fire. He will stir that warrior spirit within you, this full moon. So be conscious of how you use it. Make sure that you're directing its energy to where it's actually needed. Otherwise, you might find yourself erupting at perfectly innocent civilians. <laughs> if you feel yourself firing up, just pause and take a breath, even if it's just like taking a beat internally. And ask yourself, is this a hill I'm, I really am willing to die on? <laughs> like, is this really what's important to me? Is this a battle that I really have to fight? Maybe it is. But make sure you're asking yourself that question. 
if you do, you're likely to kind of experience maybe a little bit more ease <laughs> this full moon because when we're not, you know, aware and we, we're kind of feeling that fire within us, if we're not actually kind of actively using it in a way that's productive or conducive or, or healthy, it will just come out anywhere than upon anyone, right? So just be aware of that. I, I do though, I say use this energy because I, I really feel that this moon is asking you to use your fire, not to like suppress it, not to like be aware and like not use your fire, but to actually use your frustration and your rage to good effect. I think this moon holds a radical opportunity to be brave and speak your clear and most audacious truth. This is a moon to raise up that fiery sword of warrior Aries and to bring it down upon anything that is not in integrity, that is not in alignment and that holds you back. Anything that keeps you small. Aries does not like to be misdirected or restrained. He'll get restless. And if he's actively kind of being held back, he will rage. He will fight against it. So where in your life are you feeling shackled? Where are you being shackled? Who's doing it? You know, is it someone else? Is it you? What are the restraints that they are using? Where are you feeling held down? Where are you feeling thwarted? Big or small, it won't matter. It will not matter. It will all burn the same under this Aries full moon. And you have the opportunity to take radical ownership of what it is you are accepting in your life. And I mean that in terms from other people and from yourself. So those are our, our delicious new and full moon energies. I, I really want to share with you what's going on inside the membership this month because we have so much in there to support you in everything that we've, we've just spoken about and more. So if you want to dive in even deeper into the themes, particularly around the Virgo new moon and the Aries full moon, you will find detailed explorations for both. We go into a lot more detail around both of those moons as well as some really potent prompts that you can either journal on or just reflect upon. The alchemy is, is still there. It's the same. Um, so there is like dedicated prompts for exploration for each full moon and new moon. You'll find the most delicious new moon ritual that includes a room steaming ritual. Um, and you'll, you'll receive like a, a how-to guide for that as well. This ritual is, is tailored to the Virgo moon. So it's all about softening and grounding and purifying. And then you'll be guided to get really clear on the intentions that you're devoting yourself to and that the steps to actually see them materialize. There's also a delicious embodied movement ritual for the Aries full moon, along with a special playlist made just for this moon. Oh my goodness, it's so delicious. So amazing. It, it literally fires me up just listening to it. And something else that I haven't even touched on in this episode is the equinox this month. So, you know, we, we've spoken about the shift into spring and autumn, depending on where you are in the world. But September 22nd slash 23rd, again, depending on where you are in the world, marks the actual equinox. So this is when we experience equal hours of day and night. So when we look at the wheel of the year and we see the winter solstice, which is the longest night, shortest day on one side of the wheel, and then the summer solstice, longest day, shortest night on the other side, halfway between each, we, we will find the equinox. And this is equal day and night. So in September, in the Northern Hemisphere, you'll experience the autumn equinox on your way to the winter solstice. And here in the Southern Hemisphere, we have the spring equinox, marking halfway between our winter solstice and summer solstice. Energetically, these are times of balance, of cultivating balance and equilibrium in our lives. And when we look at the wheel of the year, these are powerful days with 
ancient lore and customs associated with them. So as well as your lunar energy and, and rituals this month inside the membership, you'll also get two bonus guides, one for the autumn equinox, also known as Marbon, and one for the spring equinox, also known as Ostara. And these guides contain the energetic wisdom, the earthly sort of seasonal energy and shift, as well as the spiritual practice ancient traditions and some some beautiful rituals and customs that you can explore yourself. The guides are super beautiful and, and delicious and they're dropping inside the portal very, very soon. You also receive a special meditation and embodiment practice each month inside the membership. And this month is a morning energy rinse and daily activation meditation. It's a beautiful guided practice to anchor into each day with intent and really lovely, clear energy. And our live class, which will be right around the equinox, so we'll be gathering live together for the equinox, is a celebration really of of entering into Libra season. And it's going to be all about romancing life. And no, this isn't just a fluffy, like, you can make your life beautiful, you can do it kind of thing. This, This class is an absolute activation and a kick up the butt in, in the best of ways to see you take ownership, to take responsibility for a life that you love, but also how you are romancing life to meet you and play with you and co-create with you. There'll be some real deep, deep medicine unlocking inside this class. And if you can't make it live, you'll be able to catch the replay along with all past classes inside the video library. And you can find past meditations and embodiment practices as well inside the meditation library. All of that is there waiting inside the the portal for the membership right now waiting for you. Oh, September is packed, you guys. It's so yummy, so potent. And Like, I think to bring all this together, I I really just want you to feel into this. September is asking you to be intentional with your time, with your energy, with your thoughts and your actions. How are you using them? Are they aligned? Are they reflective of the life that you want, of who you are? Are they proactively creating your life or are your actions simply reactive to your your circumstances how can you begin walking and talking more intentionally it's so nice to be back it's so nice to be kind of here talking about all this magic with you i hope this has been helpful if it has there are two things that you can do that would mean the world the first is to share this episode so take a screenshot and tag me on instagram at the rachel hodgins And the second thing is to leave a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts. This takes maybe all of two, three minutes, but it is huge in supporting the show, especially after taking a little break for a few months. It can take a bit to kind of restore momentum. And this, this little show, it grows because of you. So sharing and tagging over on the gram is so incredibly helpful. Please, please do if you if you feel called and if you have the time and rating and reviewing the show helps the, the algorithm know to recommend it to other people. So that that means the world as well. Oh, and P.S. If you do leave a review on Apple Podcasts, be sure to screenshot that and send it to me and I will send you a special little gift to say thank you. All right, my loves. Thank you so much for listening and for being here. Go forth in the month and walk true. Take your time. You've got everything you need. Just take your time. I'll talk to you again very soon. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Weaving the Wild podcast. I'm walking my path here on Jaja Warung country, and I acknowledge the Jaja Warung elders past and present.